Welcome to the Locate 852 podcast, bringing you insights on how you can build and scale your business with social platforms. Hosted by the leading Facebook ad strategist in Hong Kong, entrepreneur, branding expert, and the founder of Locate 852, Chris Chung. When it comes to scaling businesses without burning out and compromising your personal life, there's no better person to talk to. I've personally been following and applying the lessons he teaches and have experienced extraordinary results. Joining us today is Craig Ballantyne, author of The Perfect Day Formula and the new Wall Street Journal best-selling book, Unstoppable. Craig is also the creator of The Perfect Life Workshop and a founder of a multiple seven-figure fitness empire. In this episode, Craig shares with us his insights in creating The Perfect Day, what deep work blocks are and how you should use them too, why is it important to control the first and last hour of your day, what a brain dump is so you can maximize your productivity, how does the perfect day formula tie into the perfect week, a revolutionary content creation model called the 5x5 grid that you can instantly take and use to create 25 pieces of unique content, and much more. If you guys are curious as to how I'm able to help businesses scale and grow on-demand leads using Facebook advertising, then go to locate852.com slash ultimate ad template to download my ultimate ad template that outlines everything you need to know step-by-step in order to create highly converting Facebook ads starting today. As for now, let's get right into the show. Craig, I've been following your work for the past two years, and although this is our first time connecting, the content you put out has really added clarity to how I go by structuring my my work life and my personal life. Um, I want to understand the process that you took to get to where you are at now, having worked with so many high-level entrepreneurs, and one in particular is Sharon Travatsa, which we've also had on the show. Um, take us back to your roots of how you grew up and your first step into the world of business. Sure, I wasn't one of those uh, lemonade stand entrepreneurs that you hear about so much. I really thought I was going to work for somebody else. And what I wanted to do, because I grew up in Canada where we play a lot of ice hockey, and that's the thing, and I couldn't play in the National Hockey League, so I thought, okay, I will become what's called a strength and conditioning coach. And that was like my goal from age 16 on up was to work for a team, work for the pros. And I went to school. I was still in school till about 25. I don't even know. Are you even 25 yet? Yeah, I'm 23. There you go, man. So, so I was in school till I was 25. I got a master's degree in exercise physiology. Um, but I grew up on a farm playing hockey and I didn't have these huge aspirations. So it wasn't until I was finishing that master's degree up and, and realizing, okay, I got to get some work experience. I started being a personal trainer and I opened my own consulting thing up to start working with athletes and, and, uh, you know, had to overcome the fear of rejection, which was probably the biggest hurdle when I was in, when I was younger. And that was the thing in in sales. And I know a lot of people struggle with that. Mm. And when I overcame that whole bunch of things started happening for me. And so from the fitness business, how long were you in that business for? I would say I was in there from, man, I was a personal trainer first in my first year of college. And then, you know, we still sell stuff in the fitness space, but very little. So I would say like almost 20 years. Yeah, for sure. And I know that you have a big fitness uh, YouTube video that that um, went viral on on YouTube. And were you I have one a couple? Of, yeah. Were, would you say you were one of the few that really um, kicked off this fitness industry and, and kind of put it together online? Uh, yeah, for sure. Online. I mean, obviously, the fitness industry has been around since, you know, even decades before Arnold. And so I think, you know, the biggest thing that for me that came up was that, you know, it was it was that ability to go online when nobody else was online. So, I mean, when I first sold my first product, it was through PayPal. It was a Word document. There were no photos in it. 
I mean, this is way before, this is six years before YouTube came out. And so for me, that was huge. You know, the opportunity was great. There wasn't a lot of people online and people were very scared to buy online. You know, actually I pulled some of my clients the other night and I said, when was the first time you bought anything on the internet? And a lot of them said not till after 2010. Mm. So I'm online nine years before that selling. So there was the hurdle there, but there wasn't as much competition. And back in the day, it was all the long sales letters and stuff like that. But I was able to take this new wave of uh, high intensity training that was coming along and be one of the first people to, to come up with, with that, put it in programs. Now it's so common. Like, right. you know, that's another reason I dropped out of the fitness space is my stuff was no longer unique. And I truly believe that's still the best way to train. So I ran out of things to say and ways to market it. So it was, uh, it was one of the reasons why I was like, yeah, move along, son. Uh, and I had started coaching in 2007. So I had built that up and, and I was ready to make the leap. And for the few audience members that don't know exactly um, or aren't familiar with exactly what you're currently doing, can you just mm -hmm. share with them a little bit about what you're currently doing now? Who do you help and how you actually migrated from the fitness industry to what you do now? Right. That's a great question. So, you know, from 2001 to 2007, I was selling my, my programs and I got so many people asking me for help. And and it's funny, I just had this conversation with a 20-year-old kid today on Instagram because I answer all my DMs. I don't have like a bot or an agent or anything in there. And so he was like, hey, you know, I, I'm, I have a, he works for the Coast Guard and he like has a part-time digital marketing agency and he wants to be a motivational speaker and a business coach. And he goes, what's your advice? And I go, build a real business. Like hmm. I, didn't, I didn't start coaching until after I'd sold about $5 million worth of stuff on the internet and had, had probably – nine years of being online at, in my experience and people were coming to me like no one's going to that kid asking for business advice. So, you know, you're, you're a long way from being a business coach, son. So what they, what people need to do is grow businesses. And that's what I did. And I had so many people saying, Craig, teach me. And so I put together my first seminar in late 2007, started my first mastermind group then. And it was just kind of a side business for a long time because I was doing the fitness business really, really intensely until about 2015. And every year I got more and more clients and every year I refined the process as well because it's not just like, okay, one day you're a business coach and you know, like you have a great system. No, like you got to, like I'm still refining my coaching calls and my masterminds and stuff like that and getting better and better. And so that, you know, 10, eight year period before we made it the full time gig allowed me to to do the stuff that helped you like figure that stuff out because I need to figure that stuff out for myself. And then I was able to go and, and I wasn't just spitting out other people's stuff like a lot of business coaches do. I had unique systems, very, very unique systems. Even my Instagram selling is very unique uh, that nobody had thought of. And I came up with that after just five months of being on Instagram. So Nobody else had thought of it in the you know seven years that Instagram had been around. And something that you talk about a lot is having, um, when structuring your day, is having deep work blocks. What are they and how do they work? So deep work block is basically where you know the phones are away, everything's away, and you have a really strong plan on something to focus on. So you're not like just going to go, okay, it's time for a 90 minute deep work block. What should I do? No, you know exactly what to do. And not only do you know exactly what to do, you know, the steps in which to do it. So you've done a lot of planning and preparation. It's kind of like, you know, a marathon, you know, you're, 
Yeah, let's say a marathon or even a workout, right? You go to the workout. You don't walk into the gym and go, okay, what am I going to do here? No, you know what you're going to do. You have, okay, we're going to go from this. We're going to superset this. We're going to need this machine. We're going to need these weights. Great. Okay, we just go and we dominate that workout. And it's the same with a deep work block. I think 90 minutes is is even not actually pushing it. You know, some of these people do these Pomodoros, like 25 on, 5 off. I'm like, man, if you can't work longer than 25 minutes in a row, <laughs> I mean – you got you got a focus problem there, bro. Not a Pomodoro problem. So you need to you need to like have these blocks of work and then back off for a little bit. But then try and get two 90 minute blocks in in a day and you'll be so far ahead of the game. And you take a look at people who are the most prolific writers like Stephen King. The guy writes from 9 a.m. till about one. He has a he has a goal of 2000 words and his butt doesn't get off the chair until 2000 words have been written. And he'll write on July 4th. He'll write on Christmas if he's in the middle of the project. And so many of the other people, like, again, they can't work longer than 25 minutes in a row. But here's a guy who's, you know, has over 50 bestsellers. And here's how he does it. Probably better to go to that person than the 20 year old business coach on how to be productive. Right. And the deep work block is only one element of structuring the perfect day. Could you mm-hmm. give us a little bit more um, expand on the topic of the different elements that you need in order to have your day set up? Yeah. So the the most important thing is your perfect day starts the night before. You really got to plan and prepare and know exactly what to do. I have this three-step process. One is a brain dump. You get all the crazy ideas out of your head, all the things like, oh my gosh, I got to do this, this, this. I got to call this person, run this errand, got a date night. You know, I got a workout to do. You know, I got to pick up a bunch of stuff at the grocery store. I got to order some stuff online. I got to have these calls, all these meetings. Okay. You got like 25 things. And now we take that, we put in a priority to-do list. So here are the you know, two to three work items that must be done. We must attack first thing. And yeah, if we get around to reading 30 minutes in a day, it'd be great. But, you know, it's much more important for me to write a video sales letter than it is to read 30, you know, 30 minutes. Um, we do read 35 minutes on Saturday or something. And of course, we got to do errands. And of course, we got to do date night. And that gives us blocks and boundaries. So now we've got a priority to do list. And then most people stop there the night before. But if you do a little bit of planning, like you say, OK, listen, I got to write that video sales letter. Just let me write down 10 bullet points right now. You know, things that come to my head so that when I wake up the next day and I write that script, it's not a blank screen staring at me. And I got writer's block. And then I go next thing you know, I'm like, you know, using the vacuum to procrastinate or something. So that's how you do it. And so you've just mentioned a little bit about doing a brain dump at night. How important is it to control the first hour of your day and the last hour of your day? It's really, really important to not be working the last hour of the day, to be away from the electronics, all that sort of stuff so that you can fall asleep on time. If you can fall asleep on time, you can get up on time and not hit the snooze button and you can get in as fast as possible to working on the hardest thing. Because the longer you push off the hardest thing of the day, whether it's writing the sales letter or writing a chapter for your book or whatever it is, the harder it becomes to actually do it. You know, at 11 o'clock, 2 o'clock, you're like, I'll do it later. I'll do it tonight. I'll be one of those night owls. And the next thing you know, somebody asks you to do something and you're watching Netflix or you had, you know, a couple glasses of wine and you're like, "Ah, I'm too tired to work. So you can't push it off. Research shows you have the greatest willpower, discipline and intention early in the morning. So that is when you have to get up and do the, you know, the hardest work, embrace the suck factor, go all in on it. And then you've won the day. You've won the day by preparing the night before to dominate as early as possible in the morning. And it doesn't matter. Like if, if you're saying, well, I don't, you know, right now I get up at eight o'clock. Uh, does that mean I have to join the 5 a.m. club? No, it does not mean that. It doesn't matter what hour you get up. What matters is what you do with the hours that you are up. 
So even if you get up at 11 o'clock in the morning and, uh, you know, one of my clients and one of my best friends, this guy, Joel Marion, he built a supplement company to $100 million working from 10 p.m. till 4 a.m., 10 p.m. till 4 a.m. because that's the, the routine he wanted. Great. Great. But he did his hardest work at 10 p.m. and then other stuff over the, over the rest of the night. So whenever your workday starts, that's when the hardest work gets done. Now, I'm not recommending you do what Joel did. It probably wasn't the best for his health and he's changed to a regular routine now. But it's not about joining the 5 a.m. club. That does not guarantee success. Now, it might help success if, you're have, if you have a full-time job, 9 to 5, and you think, uh, should I be a night owl or should I wake up first thing in the morning and doing it? In most cases, you should probably wake up a little bit earlier, do something that moves your side business ahead, go and be great at work, and then come home, plan for the next day, maybe do a little bit of work at night, but you're probably going to be too exhausted. So that's how I would do that if I was in that situation. So those are the two factors to really crush your life. And so you having experience with coaching so many high level entrepreneurs, what kind of habits have you also found to be um, productive for um, entrepreneurs just like yourself um, in order to develop and to streamline your day to day life? Well, I would say the first thing is what we just talked about. Mm -hmm. The most successful people are the ones who put so much detail into planning the night before, mm -hmm. planning the night before and then dominating in the morning. Now, in addition to that, most of the most successful people, and there are exceptions, I know a couple of very obese, unhealthy, monetarily successful people. So it's not like everyone is like this, but the people who treat themselves as an elite athlete in that they have breaks and that they have good nutrition and, uh, and other people are taking care of this nutrition, they're not cooking, they're getting meal services and all that stuff, um, that also sleep well, that also take breaks you know, instead of doing four hours of calls in a row and, you know, the third and fourth hour are really pathetic, they're, they're taking strategic breaks and they're networking. So they're, you know, they've got a team, they've built a team. You know, if you look at yourself as a really great pro athlete and you apply that to your business, those things are really going to pay off. And I see that so often again and again, like, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, you would see the unhealthy guy running a business and it's very uncommon today. So I think that's important. And then also understanding that the business is about the other person and not about you. So the business has to be about coming up with a great big benefit promise to the other person, solving a massive problem. And when you can solve bigger problems, you get paid bigger checks instead of thinking, okay, well, I got to make my website great and get a logo and I got to you know my Instagram has to look like this. Nobody cares, dude. Nobody cares. Grant Cardone sells so much stuff on Instagram and the guy will put a picture of himself using the lipstick filter on his main Instagram feed. And, and I mean, that guy, he knows how to use Instagram better than 99.9% .9 of the world. Mm. And how does, could you just give us, um, expand a little bit on how does the perfect day formula tie into the perfect week and also the perfect month? So the perfect day is actually, I actually got it backwards. I realized I had to create the perfect week formula. So mm. I'm actually writing this new book and the perfect week formula is something you got to figure out. And I recommend you do this on a Sunday morning. You sit down, you plan out your week and understand that not every day has to look the same. That's where I screwed up with the perfect day formula is that, I mean, it's a great book and it's really going to help you, but I got so many questions like, yeah, but on Friday, I don't want to work as much as Monday. And then on the weekends, I don't want to work at all. So how does this work for that? 
And then I realized I got all these questions. And so we just wrote a, a new book. It's really amazing. It'll be out uh, later this year. Perfect week formula. You start by planning that out. And for me, I front load my weeks. I work a lot on Monday and Tuesday, regular on Wednesday, a little less Thursday, Friday. And then I work Saturday morning because for a couple hours, because that's magic time. I mean, nobody's bothering you. No one's going to bother you. I think it's one of the secrets to my success and how I'm pr more productive and how I got ahead in life was by working Saturday mornings, even just for 90 minutes. Game changer. It's like getting a full day of work done. And then you plan in all your family time and your date nights and your workouts. And you have that on the schedule as non-negotiables. And by putting those things in, it forces you to be more productive because you're like, hey, listen, you know, I've got date night on here. And it starts, you know, I have to leave the office at five o'clock. Now you're not going to screw around on Instagram because you have a hard stop of five o'clock and date night. If it starts at five o'clock, you can't push it back. If you do, there's got to be some consequence, some punishment for it, for for skipping out on, you know, uh, time with friends, like saying, oh, hey, guys, I got to cancel. You're not allowed to cancel if it's on the calendar because it forces you to be more productive and it forces you to be social and take those breaks and have a great life. You know, I won't say it's a balanced life because Balance is a meaningless word, but a great life in your eyes when you use this perfect week formula. So it's actually perfect week formula first, then perfect day formula for each one of the days mm. because not every day looks the same. And now you've got this plan for how to go and dominate in business and in life. And so for the content creators that are listening, um, Craig actually sells, um, teaches people on how to create um, the best Instagram um, stories, um, and he has a program called the Social 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 Story, story Selling, Selling System, System. Yeah, which I'm also a part of, and I've had massive um, uh, massive success with that. Can you explain to them for the people that aren't in it what the five by five grid is for content oh, yeah. creation and how how that can really benefit um, the content creators out there? Yeah, and it can. It, this is not just for Instagram. That's a really great question. A really, uh, I'm really glad you brought it up. It's not just for Instagram. It's for anything at all because this grid. And I mean, it, it was arbitrary that it was five by five. It could have been six by five, seven by five. And what it is though is it helps you generate 25 or 30 pieces of content that can be used for YouTube. Um, it can be used for Instagram, of course, obviously Facebook, email marketing, presentations, all of this stuff. And it goes like this. Basically, your customer, you have to understand that your customers and your prospects, their information, like their level of education is about here. You know, it's a it's a fraction of what yours is. And most people, most experts, most gurus end up talking way over somebody's head. And so what I want you to do is put yourself in the prospect's shoes for a second and think, what are like the five most important messages that you have to keep on going over and over that your customer needs to understand or your prospect needs to understand in order to you know believe in you trust you like you and take action on your product and see what you sell and provide is exactly what they need so i call these like your five main messages your five commandments and you know if god had 10 we're okay with five here okay so and another way of looking at it is thinking about them as your biggest hits what are the most popular things that you say? Because imagine if you went to like, um, you know, a Drake concert and you went to see Drake and you, you know, you're a huge fan of Drake and you're like, okay, he's got to play this and he's got to play that and he's got to play this. And then you go and he doesn't play any of his hit songs. He plays only like B-sides. And uh, although that's tough for Drake because every song is a hit song. But, you know, he's like, you're like, wait a minute, what is going on here? And it's the same with your content. Pick your five biggest things. So your five hits. So 
the more contrarian you can be with these five things, like for example, when I was in the fitness space, I was the guy who said, don't ever do cardio, no cardio. And back 20 years ago, I would always talk about how diet is more important than exercise. I would always talk about how you never have to go to a gym. You only you can train at home and get an amazing body and burn burn fat and build muscle. And talk about how accountability is is one of the secrets to success. So those are my main messages. And now, so you put those five across the top of a grid, and then down the side, you think, well, how can I, you know, tell those main messages in five different ways? And so the five different ways I came up with, and there's many different ways, but five different ways are you tell your story about it. So I would tell my story about how when I was a soccer player, I did too much cardio and, you know, I got too skinny. And when I stopped doing cardio and switched to resistance training, supersets and interval training, you know, I basically became a fitness cover model. And so that would be my story around that one main message. And then I would tell my story about how, you know, my personal story about how I figured out diets more important than exercise and so on and so forth. And then the next one that you would put down that left side is a success story. So one of your client's success stories, when they finally stopped doing a lot of cardio, here's how, here's the amazing results they got and how they felt better and how they had more time for their life. And then the third thing that you would talk about is a celebrity story. Now, this doesn't mean you necessarily have to train or work with a celebrity or have a, cel- a celebrity as a client. But no, it means go to Google and type in celebrities who use interval training. Great. Now you've got 100 articles on celebrities who use interval training. Or if you're an investor, here's 100 celebrities who, who actually have rental homes uh, as a cash flow. Okay, Whatever it is, you just Google celebrities who believe in your message and you'll find somebody. Hey. You'll probably find a celebrity who believes the earth is flat, okay? All you have to do is Google that. You'll find something because I actually just met a person who believes the earth is flat. Very intelligent person. Bizarre conversation. All right, so then the fourth thing after your story, um, a success story, and a celebrity story is a myth. What's a myth about this thing that people believe? So, oh, people believe that you – you know, you have to have $500,000 to buy a house or maybe like 100000 or 50000 No, you can buy a house with no money down. Here, you know, that's a myth. Let me show you. Um, and then the fifth thing is go to Google again and, and get some statistics. And I would go to Google with the no cardio thing and I would type in how many people get injured, you know, from running every year. Oh, 67% of people who are recreational runners go to the physio. Oh, well, look at this, you know. You're going to get injured all doing all this running. It's going to stop you from exercising. You're going to gain more weight. It's just another reason not to do cardio. So you could get statistics on everything. Like, you know, here's the average income that, you know, the, uh, the typical real estate investor gets and so on and so forth. So now you got five main messages across the top. You got five uh, ways to tell the story down the side. And you can just fill out that grid in about 15 minutes and you've got 25 pieces of content. Now, you can do another one. You can do a, a sixth thing down the side that is like topical. So, you know, like, OK, if we like, let's say you were doing this for the month of October. Great. Well, you can talk about how this tie, how the messages tie in with Halloween, how they tie in with the upcoming Christmas season, how they tie in with this, that or the other thing. You got all that stuff. And so now you have you have something that overcomes the common excuse that I hear from a lot of people, which is I don't know what to create. And like you said, this is perfect for content creators because it'll give them an endless amount of content. My last question for you is if you were to be stripped away from all of your money, resources and network today and had to start all over again tomorrow, what are the first three things you would do and why? 
So I'm I'm losing all of my money and all of what else? Resources and network. You basically have to start from zero. Oh, okay. Well, all right. I am going. I am going to the best entrepreneur in the city that I live in, and I am finding a way to get a, a job working for them. Mm. Okay. If you go and find somebody who is a great entrepreneur who shares your morals and ethics, and they will hire you. That's like you hiring the best business coach, but actually getting paid to work for them. Mm. And so you're getting paid to get the mentoring. So I would do that to start. I wouldn't, I would go in there and I would say, after I've proved to them that I'm you know, doing a good job after a couple of weeks, I would say to them, hey, my goal is to uh, make you a lot of money and also find a thing that we can partner on so that I can then become an entrepreneur again as well. Mm. And then I would, you know, I would figure out what's the biggest problem in this person's life and in their business, what's the opportunity and, you know, come up with some ideas and I would just be proactive. So, you know, when I finished school and after my master's degree and I didn't go and become a strength coach, I went and worked for a nutrition supplement company and I was doing this for the boss. I was, you know, everybody would stop at five. I'd work another hour. And even though I was in the research department and the nutritional supplements research, I was spending an hour working on marketing because I knew if I could increase sales, I would add more value. And I would quickly got promoted and had a you know great opportunity in that business. And that's what I would do. Mm. Craig, I appreciate you being on the show. For the people that want to follow you or keep up with what you do, where's the best place to find you? Best place to hit me up is Instagram. I love Instagram. I answer all of my direct messages. It's real Craig Valentine there. And I'm also old school, so if you do want to email me, email me at craig at godfather.com. Godfather.com. I know. I, I, my business partner owns it. I don't own it. He, he used to have this business that bought and sold domain names, and he had a software where any domain expires. He was, he was buying 20,000 domains a week, and somebody who probably lost their job after this uh, let godfather.com expire and his software uh, picked it up immediately wow. and he just held on to it there's not even a website associated with it like right. if you go to godfather.com it doesn't show you anything i don't think right. but we just use it for email craig i appreciate people being will not the forget show. It. yeah yeah no Thank problem you so much. Man. looking forward to meeting you in person someday Thanks for tuning in again to today's episode. Whenever you are ready, the best way that Chris can help you is through his exclusive Facebook Marketing Mastermind group, where you and a community of like-minded individuals can ask your questions and share the answers. You will also find exclusive content that Chris will regularly share to the group that is only available to group members. Join now at locate852.com slash FB. The link is also in the description.